0: Welcome to the WMKT Week in Review. Good morning, Northern Michigan. Welcome back to the WMKT Week in Review. I'm Nick Rudy, your host. Thanks for joining me. It is very early, but I'm happy to have you along this morning. You know, it's uh, just became, oh gosh, it's like three days into, four days into September. And I remember on uh, the first, which gosh, what day was the first? Was it? All these days go by so quickly. The uh, on Thursday I got up uh, for work here. I get up super early in the morning, but it um, doesn't matter either way. It's I think the temperature hovered around the same point, but it had been I don't know every single morning I'd gotten up the the previous weeks before it was anywhere between you know the low 60s to low 70s, uh, depending on how hot it was. And those days that it was the low 70s was Super, super hot, but uh, during the day. And granted, while the uh, the first day of fall is actually not for like 20 days or something, I think it's like the 22nd of September, so give or take. Um, you know, that's technically not when fall starts. Everyone kind of associates fall with September beginning. And, you know, gosh, even the pumpkin spice lattes came out at Starbucks. Um, so, yeah. Anyway... Back to the temperature and the point of the story. I got up and I was like freezing in the morning. I stepped outside and it was like 48 degrees. And I'm like, we literally just started September and the morning temperature was like, give or take 15 degrees colder than it used to be. I'm like, this is going to be a very, very long fall and winter for me having to get up and super early and walk out to my car. But thankfully I don't live too far from the studio here. And I don't want to sound like I'm complaining entirely. Fall's actually my favorite season uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, During the day, it's my favorite temperature. If I could have the weather be like high 60s and like partly cloudy the entire year, I would be extraordinarily happy. May not be super healthy because I don't know how much vitamin D you would get. But um, I mean, I like sunny days at some point, but I also just kind of like that cool weather with a light breeze. Um, I don't know, they're perfect. I guess for the sports I always played in high school, like soccer and stuff, that was always the ideal weather. So that's always the weather that made me really happy when I was out and about during the day, knowing that I wasn't going to die of heat stroke when I was running around the soccer field or other sports that I was doing. And this also might sound strange, but I was having a conversation with a couple of my friends as well. Fall attire is just so much better. In summer, you're just kind of in, and winter, you're in survival mode. Um, you know, in summer, wear as le- the least amount of clothing possible while still looking, you know, presentable and in the winter time, um, you know, bundle up as much as you can. So you don't, you know, turn into a nice, icicle. Um, uh, but in the fall, you kind of have this nice, um, you know, middle ground where you wear your pants and I don't know, anyway, these nice jackets and stuff, um, very off topic from what the show is usually about. So I don't want to waste too much time here as we have. Several important news stories. It'll be an up-and-down day. Some of these news stories are not exactly um, positive. Uh, but other ones are uh, pretty interesting and show some good uh, economic movement here in the state of Michigan. But we'll get into our first story here. This first story is uh, going to be a quick one just because there's not a whole lot of details that have been released on it. Uh, Clearwater Township man was arrested after he admitted to killing another man with a 2x4 and a cane. Police received a call from the suspect on Tuesday night, stating he had killed the victim. When police and EMS arrived at the scene, they found the victim with severe head injuries um, and was pronounced dead at the scene. The suspect, 51-year-old James Watrous, being held on five million dollar bond. Um, I want to compare this actually—very brutal murder, obviously. Five million dollar bond. Um, so, you know, and totally understandable why he's held on such a high bond because that's such a, a a cruel and terrible crime that he committed. Uh again, that was a quick story because there's not a whole lot of details released on that. Um I think that happened um like late last week as well. That was a story from earlier this uh like on Monday. Uh this one is a developing story still because there's still details that have either not been released and the investigation's still ongoing because there's a bunch of crap going on and if you're sensitive to um sexual assault and um you know, anything of that nature, I would advise uh turning the radio down here because um, the story is pretty, pretty heavy. Uh, two Petoskey residents were arrested following an eight months long investigation. Jeremiah Page and Christina Sturley, both 37 and a Petoskey, were arrested on numerous criminal sexual conduct charges. Detectives with the Emmett County, Emmett County Sheriff's Office began the investigation in February when they received a tip that two females under the age of 15 were possibly victims of numerous criminal sexual conduct cases uh page and sturley were both arrested last thursday and are being housed in the emmett county jail page was offered no bond while sturley's bond is set at half a million dollars Um, so we obviously see this in comparison to the last story because i'm going to get into the details of this story um sturley's offered no bond due to the severity of the crimes um although i am shocked that uh sturley's bond is half a million dollars because uh there i don't know the level of accusations i think that she had a lot of neglect um in this story um as i will further elaborate into here in a second but um also she just didn't report anything um also as i continue this story i do not have any indication i don't think they are um but there is no indication that these two people uh, these two minors were their children but I could be wrong. Uh, I just haven't seen anything, and no details have been released regarding that. Obviously, the names of the victims are not released, very obviously. Um, they never do that. But, you know, the de- more details were released. Uh, I think this story broke on Tuesday, and more details were released on Wednesday. You know, Emmett County Sheriff Peter Wallen, he's been in law enforcement for decades and had some intense words on this case. Quote, I must say, in my 41 years in law enforcement, this is the most egregious case of CSC and child abuse involving minors. I've never seen anything like it before. It's disgusting," end quote, and we'll see why. Detectives say they first contacted Christina Sterling in February about a teenage girl who lived with her and Paige, um, and that girl was pregnant. Sterling initially denied the pregnancy, but then later said it was true. A later jailhouse uh, phone call in that month uh, between Sterling and Paige, uh, who was her living boyfriend, Uh, Revealed Paige had sex with that teenage girl, which caused uh, the pregnancy. In total, one victim was sexually assaulted on three occasions, while the second victim was assaulted 12 to 13 times. According to the affidavit, one of those victims became pregnant two times, and the other victim became pregnant at least twice or once. Two of those pregnancies uh, ended by brute force, while the other was carried to term. Uh, One of the girls told detectives Paige punched her in the stomach both times to end the pregnancy, and then detectives say the uh, girl gave birth both times while um, she was pregnant. The bodies were put in a garbage bag and burned. Details are still not fully released, but it is believed that the baby that was carried two-term met a similar fate as the other two. It's a horrible, horrible story. At this point, only sexual assault charges have been levied on the suspect, uh, but no charges are pending on murder regarding the three infants. Um, I'll keep you up to date on the story next week if more details are released, but... Um, very interesting that there has been no uh, murder charges. Uh, although some of those early reports indicated it might be due to the fact that they dug up the backyard and did some searching, and they have not found any remains. Um, so it would be like a a theoretical no body case, um, which are hard to prove. I think that they're going to, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to read too far into these details here, but just from these um indications I'm um, you know I've read in some of these reports it's you know I think they're going to attempt to charge him either way based on obviously the girls um and what their word is um regarding the murder charges but uh I think they would obviously like to have these um you know remains uh you know in order to press charges uh more easily I suppose but I guess again I want to just note that these two crimes are v- that I reported on, you know, the sexual assault and, um, alleged murder, and then obviously the, uh, that 51-year-old man that, um, beat an older man with a 2 by 4 and a cane, those are un, um, believably heinous crimes, and they happened in northern Michigan, and I think that a lot of times that up here we kind of think that we're in a bubble from big city problems, and that is true to some extent, um... But we still have a lot of issues, a lot of drugs, um, a lot of mental health problems. And then most importantly, as we see in these stories, very evil crimes can still occur in a a small community. Um, So I think it's safe to say that, you know, we still need to um, be on alert and be on lookout um, because these things, they do happen and they're capable of happening again. Um, So... You know, I, I, for one, sometimes um, I, I've taken some steps. I, m- I remember, you know, growing up, we, li- my family lived out in the country, and I don't think we locked the door every single night. Um, but that's something that I do. I lock the door to my apartment. Um, you know, one thing I still don't do, though, um, that you know, just as I'm, you know, being more involved, you know, in these news stories and reporting on these is, you know, maybe I'll lock my car doors. You know, when I'm going to the grocery store, I don't even think I lock my car doors when I'm, you know, out and about around my apartment, which I'm, is a great thing to uh, talk about uh, on air so anyone who sees my car obviously will now know that it's unlocked so maybe this is not a great thing to talk about but you know it these things they do happen in our community and I think that um, you know it's it's important that we still do um, be responsible uh, and keep ourselves and our families safe um, because things happen um, whether they're in big cities or not. But yeah, it's quite a uh, a riveting first ten minutes. Uh, very cheerful first ten minutes. Uh, so, gonna get that changed. We're, I wanted to break this up, uh, so this actually worked out quite well. The um, so we're gonna go to break here, and then when we come back, it's gonna be all well. It's gonna be not negative. I I wouldn't say necessarily positive, but I would say not negative stories. Um, and you could actually some of these are not are fairly positive as well. Um, so we'll be right back with the WMKT week in review. You're listening to 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT.
1: Hi, my name is Peter Garber and I just want to take 30 seconds out of this Labor Day weekend to thank our staff here at McDonnell Garber Broadcasting and MGB Digital. We're on the air today bringing you the programming you love thanks to our dedicated and talented on-air personalities, advertising consultants, and administrative team. And we're pleased that many of them will be enjoying some extra time with their families this Labor Day weekend. My thanks to you, our MGB team, and everyone here in Northern Michigan working to make this the best place to live in the world, bar none. Hi, this is Peter Garber from Triple Talk 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT. If you're listening to this radio station, you love news and politics just as much as I do. And that's exactly what we're looking for in the next team member of our WMKT sales department. As an advertising consultant with WMKT, you'll work with local business owners right here in Petoskey, Charlevoix, and Traverse City, creating advertising campaigns that turn our listeners into their customers. The job is fun and fast-paced. You won't be stuck behind a desk. And not only do you get to listen to WMKT all day, you get to talk about it too. Compensation includes a base and commissions with health insurance and matching retirement plans available after you start. If you're interested in this position, please call us today at our Petoskey office, 231-347-8713 and ask for Tad. That's 231-347-8713. Ask for our general manager, Tad Garber. Thank you for your support of local radio and of Triple Talk WMKT. McDonald Garber Broadcasting is an equal opportunity employer.
0: Welcome back to the WMKT Week in Review on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM WMKT. Glad to see that you survived that break here. We'll get right back into the news. A fire at an oil refinery in northwest Indiana may not have too much of an impact on your wallet. The BP-owned facility shut down last week after an electrical fire. The facility refines 435,000 barrels of fuels per day, much of which is distributed to Midwest states, including Michigan. There is expected to be a temporary fluctuation in price, but BP is working around the clock to reopen the facility in the next few days. And speaking of gas prices, as it usually happens here, I get on some tangents, um, but it is not completely unrelated to the story on the news, but um, definitely not exactly like the story in the news. Gas prices... Uh, they've been slowly decreasing over the past, past few months uh, here in northern Michigan. In many areas, gas is under $4 a gallon. The national average is right now at $384, uh, with gas prices ranging between $330 to $530 a gallon. We're just over the national average, generally speaking, at $399 a gallon, is what I've seen here in Petoskey. Um, I know down in Gaylord it's a little cheaper, and a little bit further up north, it's a little bit more expensive. But again, national average is 384 We usually do see this around election times, um, especially general elections. Gas prices drop, taxes are cut, increased government handouts. uh, While prices are about a dollar lower than they were earlier this year, they remain very high um, compared to the last couple of years. So I want to make that a point. Uh, Prices in August of 2019 were $2.64 a gallon. In August 2020, they were $2.03 a gallon. In August of 2021, they hopped to $2.75 a gallon. In fairness, um, because it's what I like to try to do around here, in August of 2020, that was in the middle of the pandemic, and prices of gas were so low, largely due to COVID, um, because no one was allowed to go anywhere. And when no one's allowed to go anywhere, and supply remains the same, you have a bunch of leftover fuel, and companies were just trying to dump it, and so they lowered their prices pretty substantially. Um, I mean the economy was still you know lingering okay um it was being put into its artificial coma because of the pandemic during that time um but that's largely why the price in gas was such so so low but again in 2019 it was 264 and in 2021 it was 275 so it's kind of hovered around that point until the past year even though in the last 18 months again they've been high prices were slowly increasing before but they started to Fly between the 23rd of February and the 14th of March. They started at $3.45 and ended up at $4.33, uh, an incredible jump in over the span of a couple of weeks, uh, a, nearly a dollar actually in one month. After a slow drop, they flew upwards again between April 21st and peaked on June 17th. That peaks, that, that uptick started at $4.10 and ended at $5.02. National average, $5.02. Places like California, it was up to like $8 a gallon. And some places like in Texas, it was a little cheaper. Still in the $3 range. Prices are uh, now after this, you know, little drop that we've had um, over the past, I think it's been about two months. Prices are have dropped, but they're only back to where they were in late Febu- on February 1st. Uh, the first week after the initial price spike. So, um... For gas to return to, quote, normal levels for this administration, gas needs to drop to around $2.70, which is another dollar and 14 cents. Um, this is roughly the price the administration started out with in January of 2021. So gas prices continue to remain above what they've historically been in the past couple of years. Um, they've dropped about a dollar over the past two months after picking up about two and a half dollars over the past 18 months. So um, to get back down we, to a, a reasonable price, um need to get back down to $2.70. Everyone obviously here is looking for my personal input. This is a, every, why everyone is listening today. But no, um, you know, personally for me, I mean, $2.70 is... The, kind of that marker that'd be a good marker for them to reach. You know, you set a good goal for me. You know, I I always think gas is reasonable. Um, it doesn't it doesn't thrill me, but it's reasonable when it's two ninety nine and under. Um, I don't get too worked up, you know, when it's three bucks a gallon. Um, but you know, once it gets over like three dollars and twenty cents, I'm like, okay, you know, what are, what are we doing here? Um, and obviously, I remember during the pandemic, I lived down and I was still down in Mount Pleasant in college. And it was fantastic because you know when I'd go up to visit my family for Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, you could uh, basically get a full tank of gas for a, a fingernail and a pack of gum. Uh, so that was that was great. Uh, but obviously, uh, I was very unimpressed when gas was up. Like I think it was, I think it peaked up here in northern Michigan at like four eighty nine. I don't think it ever reached. Did it reach five dollars? I could be wrong. Um, I mean, it was really really expensive. Um, and yeah that was that was that was quite upsetting and when i was in college uh, i was driving this and it was really important to me actually during the pandemic uh, and that gas was going down because i was even up till just a couple of months ago i think it was in may i was driving this old beater bmw which took premium gas as if you know those cars taking you know, up premium gas and so my gas was always a dollar more and it it's still is premiums usually about like 90 cents more expensive than regular justifiably so but so you know my gas um in late february before my car died on me and i did a new one um and i made sure to get one with a regular gas um but no before my car died you know gas was like over five bucks a gallon for me and yeah i was i was taking quite a beating Uh, with the gas prices but yeah again uh again tangent here but two dollars and 70 cents is a good goal um and thankfully that oil fire refinery in indiana doesn't seem to be affecting our prices right now because if it was i mean it's it happened like a week ago um so if it was going to affect it i would imagine it would have affected us by now but um we'll see still hovering at 399 here in Batoski and you know local areas are around that same price point as well so let's cross our fingers and hope gas continues to go down um especially here during Labor Day weekend. And if gas prices wasn't enough of an enthralling conversation for you, let's amp it up even more and talk about house prices. Depending on your situation, it's going to be either easier or harder to buy a home. Early reports indicate there is a decrease in demand for home buying that is expected to continue to decrease. A decrease in demand means home prices that are put up for sale will be put on the market for a lower price to try to, you know, get rid of them. However, the reason for the decrease in demand for buying a home is largely due to climbing inflation um, or interest climbing interest rates, sorry, as the Fed looks to curb a record high inflation. So there's a lot of record highs here in this economy, record high or records in this economy for that matter. Record high home prices will decrease due to the Fed raising interest rates to around six percent from the near record low interest rates in order to curb forty year high record inflation. So that means if you have a large down payment, you will not be fighting over your dream home, with as many people, and the prices will be more affordable. But if you don't want to, you don't have a large down payment saved up, you'll likely be waiting the market out as you want to avoid the high interest rates. So that's fantastic. Um, obviously, people's savings during COVID—it was reported that you know they increased. There were some you know, cash payments to people and whatnot, but a lot of the the moving occurred already due to the fact that interest rates were so low and before inflation skyrocketed, and so a lot of the people who wanted to move already have, um, and then with this inflation um, and high interest rates, not as many people are looking to buy homes, so these home prices are going down, and... So you're not going to be you know, battling it out with people, trying to outbid each other. So the the initial pr- sticker price is going to be a lot lower, like I said. But um, unless you you were just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to wait on the market, wait for the right time, and wait for my dream home, um, which not, I don't think a whole lot of people did, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, you're going to... But if you're one of those people, lucky for you, because not many people are going to be battling with you over these homes. And... Um, you can avoid the high uh, interest rates and get a house for a lot cheaper than you could have 18 months ago. So if that's uh, the situation that you find yourself in, congratulations. Uh, if not, you know, the um, the housing market, uh, let's hope we'll, uh, that well the interest rates, for that matter, will cool off here and hopefully inflation gets under control. But that remains to be seen. All right. The Board of State Canvassers met Wednesday to certify ballot proposals, notably promote the vote which would increase drop boxes across the state, and the reproductive freedom for all would enshrine abortion in the state constitution. Needing three out of four votes, both proposals were turned down as the votes were split on party lines. The decision will now likely land at the state Supreme Court where there is a liberal majority. And again, tangent, speaking of the Supreme Court, There are two seats up for grabs for the Supreme Court in November, something that most people are unaware of since the media uh, has not really covered it very much. If you go and Google it, there's really not a whole lot of stories or information on it for whatever reason. Um, And this is a really important race because a lot's at stake, regardless of what side of the political aisle you find yourself on. Um, So one of these seats that's up for, you know, election uh, is from a liberal and one is from a conservative. Um, So let's take this chance to see who's running for these seats. There are five candidates. While the general election is nonpartisan, the candidates are chosen by party convention in a air-quote primary. No one votes for them in the primary, but the convention, you know, selects out of a pool of candidates. And, you know, then they send them to the nonpartisan general election, even though there is obviously partisanship on the court. Starting with the Democrats, incumbent Richard Bernstein. He has served on the court since 2015. He's Michigan's first blind justice. Bernstein received his undergraduate degree from the University of Michigan and his JD from Northwest University. Before his election to the Supreme Court, Michigan Supreme Court, Bernstein served as the head of the public service division at the Sam Bernstein Law Firm. You know, 1-800-CALL-SAM, Tigers, you know, longtime Tiger supporter. He also previously taught as an adjunct professor at Wayne State University School of Law and served as a regent at that same school, Bernstein received a confident score of strong Democrat. The other Democrat is Kyra Bolden, who is a member of the Michigan House of Representatives, representing the 35th District. Bolden's professional experience includes working as a civil litigation attorney. Bolden earned a bachelor's degree from Grand Valley State University and JD from University of Detroit Mercy School of Law. For the Republicans, the incumbent is Brian Zara, He has served on the court since 2011, Zara received an undergraduate degree from Wayne State University in 1984, and his JD degree from the University of Detroit Law School in 1987. Before serving on the Michigan Supreme Court, he was a judge on the Michigan Court of Appeals from 1998 to 2011, and on the Third Circuit Court of Michigan from 1994 to 1998. Prior to his time as a judge, he was an attorney with Dickinson, Wright, Moon, Van Dunsen, and Freeman, which as you'll see here very soon, is one of the easier uh, law firms to pronounce. Uh, And he clerked for Judge Zatkoff of the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Michigan, and he's received a confidence score of Strong Republican. The other Republican is Paul Hudson. He is the grandson of Michigan State football coach Duffy Daughtry. Paul leads the appeals group of one of Michigan's oldest and largest law firms and has argued more than 150 cases in the Michigan appeals court. Paul got his law degree with honors from Georgetown Law, where he served... On the law review and a degree in government and philosophy from Cornell University before launching his appellate career. Paul clerked for Judge Raymond Keithledge on the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. And lastly, is the lone libertarian candidate, Kerry Lee Morgan. Morgan received his undergraduate degree from Michigan State University, his master's degree in public policy from Regent University, and his JD from Detroit College of Law. Morgan has been an attorney since 1981. Uh, he is currently of counsel for the firm Panicoot, Kovaroo, and Koblajack. Sorry if I just butchered that, which I probably did. He previously served as an attorney advisor with the United States Commission on Civil Rights in Washington D.C. So those are the candidates for the Michigan Supreme Court, and so you know that's going to be a really important uh, race because uh, right now the liber- uh, the the liberals have a uh, majority um on the court one person majority and so if the conservatives want a majority they'd have to win both seats to get a one man majority and if the democrats want to cont- you know hold on to their ma- majority they just need to split the court or if they want to strengthen their majority they can win both um and how the uh, the judges are picked it's ranked choice um so the first two that get the most votes um, win. So that's it's not split, obviously, on party lines. Like I said, it's nonpartisan. So that's kind of how the rank choice voting here on the judges' side is kind of naturally. It's not really called rank choice. It's just because they're all nonpartisan. They're all just thrown on the ballot, you know, in the same list. So um, it's kind of obviously rank choice by default. But again, this is going to be a very, very important race because there are things like voting access uh whether you want drop boxes strewn around the state or not um or if you want uh pro-life laws uh to remain on the book in michigan or if you want abortion enshrined in the state constitution these these people running for this office to be frank with you these two people whoever they are to be honest with you probably the incumbents um but we'll see um Whoever is elected to these seats is going to decide. Again, there is, if two conservatives get elected, they're going to uphold the pro-life law. If one liberal or two liberals are elected in this term, they're very likely going to uh, enshrine abortion in the state constitution. So whatever you want on either side of the issue, this to be quite frank, might be the most important race in the state. No one else is going to be making this decision very likely. So if this is an important issue to you, this is the race to follow. And I'm surprised, but not surprised at the same time, that there's not much being reported on it because I think that uh, certain individuals may want to keep it that way. So they sneak in their people that they want to win. But on that note, that's all the time that we have for today. I'll be back next Sunday. Thanks for listening to the WMKT Weekend Review. I'm Nick Rudy, your host. You're listening to 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT.